Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm Lena. And I'm Sean. We are three friends who all love film and thought it would be cool to discuss movies from our perspective. We rate movies in terms of how drunk you need to be to enjoy them. We call it the Martini Scale. Hey everybody, and welcome to our third installment of Horror October. In this episode, we'll be discussing The Exorcist and The Cleansing Hour. We'll also be joined by a very special guest who is here to talk about his new movie, Faith-Based. But first up, Natalie, tell us what we're drinking tonight. You guys, I'm pretty excited about this one. (laughs) Not only does it taste delicious, but I feel like it fits with this episode so well. Uh, This is Water Into Wine Martini since we're talking about a little faith in horror. So uh, this is a gin kind of based martini with a Lambrusco topper, which I didn't really know what Lambrusco was until I made this martini. And I'm very pleasantly surprised. I was water. trying to guess the theme, water into wine. Very yeah. good. Like you it. like it? Like you it. like it? It's very nice. <laughs> very nice. It's better than the caramel apple teeny a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh give me a bad. Yeah. She literally called it the caramel apple teeny. It was her most creative endeavor yet. Okay, let's calm okay. down. All right. That, uh, <laughs> but we did, uh, that was a special voice that we heard that people have not heard before. That was a special voice, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. What do you mean? <laughs> that was my man voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in this episode, we thought we'd discuss movies that have a common theme, and that theme this week is faith. Um, and that'll make a little more sense in a moment. Um, but first, as Natalie said, we do have a very special guest joining us. Uh, he's a director, producer, and co-founder of Lone Suspect, a production company based in Los Angeles. He's directed two feature films, television pilots, a digital series, and comedy sketches for Funny or Die. He spent 10 years as an editor for companies like TMZ, National Geographic, Discovery, Fox, VH1, and MTV. His first feature, Fear, Inc., a horror comedy starring Abigail Breslin, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2016. And his latest comedic feature, Faith-Based, starring Luke Burnett, Tanner Thomason, Jason Alexander, Margaret Cho, David Koechner, and Lance Reddick was released on October 9th. Vince Michelli, welcome to the Martini Scale. Thank you. Great introduction. I'm, I'm excited to be here, guys. That, that bio was quite a mouthful. Yeah. It really was. That so was, fancy. Yeah. That was way more excessive than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you could have just said... That. You could have just said Natalie's brother, Vince Michelli. <laughs> I mean, listen, we weren't going to say that. We were going to let the audience infer what they wanted to on their own. Um, no, it's funny. I actually cut that. Like, your bio is quite extensive, and that was the edited version. So, good job. Yeah. I like, what I like when people talk about happens when you work in the me. industry for a long time. So. <laughs> Build up a lot of wow. credits. So we're going to dive in and ask you some questions about your new movie, which we've all seen and we're super excited about. Um, but first, Vince, I have a really important question for you. Which iPhone are you getting? Oh, I am getting the one you can't order until November. Oh, the Max? iPhone 12 Pro Max, the mouthful. Like my bio, I'm getting the phone (laughs) that is is a mouthful. Nice, nice. Okay. More importantly, what color? What color? (laughs) There's only one right answer to this. Don't get the gold, please. That's for now. Hey! I'm not getting the gold. I'm getting the something blue what, what blue do they call it pacific pacific blue, pacific blue. i'm getting the pacific blue i always get black i'm getting a, i'm getting a color this time okay so. i like oh, that. you didn't get the green last time no krista oh. got the green natalie okay. did you get the green yeah i got the green last time you both did huh yeah yeah okay. i have the max too so we always can tell ours apart nice so what color are you getting lena blue blue <laughs> are you you're waiting for the Max though, right? Yeah. I love the Max. And Natalie, did you order yours? I ordered mine. Which one did you get? Gold, clearly. That's right. That's right. I forgot. It's the right gold. That's I didn't get the <sighs> other one because it was an ugly gold. This is a more metallic-y, shiny gold, which is more my lane. And it matches my microphone. So no oh, Lord. I can't believe they're bigger too. They're get they're slightly bigger this year, which is like really how much bigger do these need to get? I don't I'm know still going to get it. But. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest with you. I feel like I, the, 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 the 11 is like the perfect size for me, the 11 Pro. And so the idea that it's like expanding a little bit is going to be a little bit harder to hold, I think. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. So you get, you're getting the Pro, not the Pro Max. 
I'm just getting the pro. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like the huge phones. It's just not my. It's like carrying around a mini iPad. I don't yeah, understand it. Is. I like it, it to is. slide easily into my pocket. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm weird like that. But you know, my theory is I use it for everything. I'm always yeah. uh, for work, everything. So it's like, I want a big screen if I'm going to be using it all day long. That's totally. Well, and the cameras, video and stuff like that are going to be much better on the Macs this year. So you're making the yeah. right choice. All right. Well, thank you for joining our tech podcast, but you didn't think you were coming on for this today. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, hope to be on next time. All right. So tell us about Faith-Based. What inspired you to be a part of this project and what do you hope the audiences feel after watching? Um, wow. That's a lot in one question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Faith-Based was a combination of... Um, you know, coming up with a project kind of out of necessity and a bit of a, a lot of a passion project. Um, you know, as you guys, obviously you said in my lengthy bio, uh, our, you know, my first feature was a horror comedy, Fear Inc. Uh, that Natalie produced and it was an amazing project and premiered at Tribeca and did super well for us. And my business partner and I got agents and managers and we you know naively thought okay fear inc is going to lead us into selling tv shows and getting paid big bucks to make a bunch of projects after that and that didn't exactly happen so um you know it did a lot of cool stuff and we we went on a lot of meetings after fear inc and set up some projects but didn't get rich or anything and after i don't know a random meeting luke turned to me, my business partner turned to me and he said, why don't we just make a faith-based movie because those make a lot of money and then we can fund our passion projects. <laughs> and I, you know, laughed and then we were like, that's actually an interesting idea. So we came up with an idea for what was originally a show called Faith-Based uh, and we came up with a season and then didn't really do much with it until the end of 2018. We were like, what do we have? We want to go shoot something. What do we have that we can just go make? And we thought of faith base and we were like, we could literally take this and go shoot it with our friends for no money um, on our iPhones. And uh, that was the plan. And then we, so we took that TV pilot and developed it into a feature. And that was January of 2019. And we were shooting by end of April, 2019. Wow. So it's pretty pretty quick. But then the story itself, you know, is a story about two guys who realize all faith-based movies make a bunch of money. And so they decide to make one of their own. And, you know, growing up uh, with a religious background, you know, all the people involved with the movie sort of had a similar background to that. So it was a, it was a lot of personal stories and jokes and um, references uh, in it that we, that we, you know, made it made it a really fun movie to work on and something that ended up becoming a really big passion project cool um i have a really important question to tie off of that um who is your favorite family member of yours <laughs> what sean wrote sean wrote that question for me to you ask you know it's right? really weird i didn't i <laughs> actually so, didn't add that question that's not in my oh, version i, of the I script don't think i have an updated <laughs> script you guys i don't see that on here mm. i'm just kidding um i know it's me that's fine um mm -hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not one of my two or both of my two kids <laughs> i know i know i'm above them that's fine i understand that i love them more than you but i'm just kidding Probably. <laughs> i do love them um so what did you think why did you think audiences would be wanting to see a movie like this or be attracted to this movie? Well, the, I mean, the initial concept made me laugh. Um, <clears throat> the idea of these two sort of idiots stumbling upon this idea that these Christian faith-based movies are not good and make a bunch of money is an interesting, I think an interesting concept made me laugh. And I thought, uh, if, if I laugh at this, some other people have to laugh at this idea. Right. And so that like sort of sparked us, but then really the movie, that's sort of like what we use as the backdrop to the movie. Cause the story is really about two guys trying to find their purpose and what community means to them. And that was what I thought at the end of the day, you know, people would really resonate with. And that's like what I kept coming back to is, as the filmmaker on the project trying to make sure like this is the story that I think people would have, you know, some relation to, at least, at least I do. It's part of it is my story trying to find my purpose as a filmmaker in LA and 
not really knowing what I'm doing all the time. So, yeah. And so when you like think back and like reflect on like past projects you've done, like how do you think this experience compares? Mm. Am I allowed to talk about Fear Inc., which Natalie worked on? <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> say on, no other producer has lived up to the expectation of it's the first true. feature. Or I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm also pretty sure that none of the extras that you worked with since then have been quite comparable either, right? That's <laughs> true. You guys Very are true. all a part of Fear Inc. I forgot <laughs> that. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a bummer not being able to work on this project with my sister. That was a very fun way to, to do my first movie. You know, Fear Inc. working with you, Nat, was really cool. Um, I think the biggest difference for me was, you know, I'm not, and we're going to talk about horror films in a little bit, so this will be fun, but I'm not like a massive horror film fan necessarily i love a lot of horror films and i think they're fun to watch and i had a blast making fear inc and i would absolutely make more but that's not my like first genre to go to so a part of fear inc for me was uh making a movie that i knew the industry would uh look fun look positively towards because it's a horror film and they they're supposedly sell well and so there's always a part of that project that was like I'm doing this because everyone says your first film needs to be a horror film. Um, so even though like we put a lot of love and passion into that movie and it was amazing to make, and I'm still super proud of it at the end of the day, the reason why we made it the way we did was because we were like, this is what's going to sell. Faith base was, we completely threw that out the window. It was like, let's just make a movie that we want to make. Uh, and if at the end of the day, the th three of us, me, myself, Luke and the other creator and star of the movie Tanner, uh, as long as we're happy with it uh, and it makes us laugh, that's like the, the test, the litmus test that we kept going against. So that was the big difference, which made it, it took so much pressure off, honestly. Like I was a mess making Fear Inc. and Faith Base. <laughs> I was, I, you know, when that movie came out, I was like, you know, I, so much was riding on the success of that movie for me. So Faith Base to me was just like, this is just a fun movie to make and I just want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. Yeah, well, we're, you know, talking a little bit about production, but how do you feel like post-production with COVID, did that impact post-production on it at all? And how is it like trying to finish the project and get it distributed in this time period? Well, we were done with Faith-Based before all this happened. So we had actually premiered uh, at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival in January. So what we dealt with uh, during COVID was the release of the movie, which was very weird um, because we got a theatrical deal that was signed sort of at the beginning of all this happening. And we were like, oh, by the end of the year, by October, things will be back to normal. Um, and they weren't. So we had to cut our theatrical deal, which sucks because theaters are basically non-existent now. So that was a bummer <laughs> as a director to be like my first feature film. I get to go to a theater in L.A and see my movie on the big screen and see random people standing in line. And that didn't happen. So that was a bummer. Um, the positive is there were like four movies that came out on October 9th when Faith Base came out and we were the only comedy. So that was like, all right, this is the, this is the comedy this weekend. If you want to watch <laughs> a new comedy, it's Faith Based. <laughs> well, and so what's really funny is I share my movie collection with one of my close friends and she saw my movie um, she saw my movie collection the other day and she was like, oh my God, you have Faith Base. And I was like, yeah, that's Natalie's brother's movie. She's like, oh my God, I rented it last week and it was so good. And I was oh, just wow. like, that's, that's like a really cool that's thing awesome. for you to hear, I'm sure, because it seems like it's getting a lot of positive feedback and it's doing like, I see it every time I open the iTunes store, it's like somewhere featured on the page, which is awesome. That's cool. That's one thing that's also been different with this movie is the amount of people that have heard of it and have seen it that aren't you know, fre direct friends. It's like friends of friends of friends. And we hear, we've heard this dozens of times over the last couple of weeks, either they've heard of it or they rented it or whatever uh, random person, you know, gets through the chain back to us. Like, oh, so-and-so was talking to so-and-so and said, hey, have you seen this movie Faith-Based? It's really cool that, that like you get to be a part of a project that random people get to watch. We got to experience that with Fear Inc. All the fans on Twitter and stuff now, you remember, they still pop up 
today yeah. of people that find the movie and it's it's so fun it's so there's cool. a like a fan review uh last week in all in french and i was like how do i translate this so i can <laughs> read what this guy wrote and it was a massive <laughs> for fearing yeah it was a massive review so i was oh, like really? oh my gosh yeah so it translated like the new on- movie fear inc that came out in <laughs> wait 2016 <laughs> i know i was like reading the instagram post and then i went to the blog post and it was so long and all in french i was like I, there's i can't even read this like well, you know i'm like i hope that's it's cool. good <laughs> well that's it's gotta so be- weird it's so weird seeing other people talk about something you like work that hard on it's just it's the weirdest thing but it's, and it's so gotta cool. be weird too because you've got a lot of um like both of these films are pretty much evergreen in the sense that people can discover them whenever and it's not like it's you know directly related to what's going on in the moment um and plus you've got like overseas audiences that could discover it on like a streaming service or something 10 years later and it's like new to them so that's got to be a really cool feeling it is for sure it is um i have to say so my favorite scene in faith-based is the one where they go to evolution which is the church in the movie for the first time and just the song and the barista like i literally was laughing out loud like during elevate sean elevate. elevate church <laughs> why did i think it was called evolution you know because it's the same thing okay these one <laughs> these one name churches we were trying to go for this like you know the churches that are one name and inspiring mosaic totally. radius elevate yeah. passion totally. you know all these places <laughs> just like it's the same thing so i'm wondering uh, if you have a favorite scene or maybe you'd like rather share like a memory from set or something from the production um i don't know if i have a i mean i i i think the jason alexander scene at the end is probably one of my favorites um it was from the first time i read it in the script it was one of those only one of those scenes in the movie that didn't really change from script to screen it was like just luke's first draft of that scene was so ridiculous and i laughed out loud i'm like where did you come up with this you know, if you've seen it, the whole Amish thing is just like, it's the most weird, the weirdest, most original way to have that scene play out. Um, that's my, one of my favorite scenes. Um, yeah, the church stuff was turned out really well. All the, all the band stuff is like incredible. Uh, that was a really stressful day for me because we had a lot of extras and a lot of stuff going on that day. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, it's still fresh. I haven't, I haven't watched the movie in a couple months so um because i've seen it 150 times <laughs> so uh but i i enjoy it from top to bottom i think it's a you know we worked really hard to make sure it like tracked all the way through and hit all the check marks that i would want to see in a movie so uh i'm super proud of it and so since now you're such a successful filmmaker um what advice quickly i mean sum it up into a couple sentences would you give new aspiring filmmakers oh man uh just go make your movie this is this faith base was 100 percent us saying you know what can we do that we don't have to wait for anyone to tell us to go do it so if you're a aspiring filmmaker and you're trying to find something to do find something that you can go make for next to nothing because that's what we thought faith base was going to be and then next thing we know we have big expensive red cameras and jason alexander shows up to film with us so you know you never know what's going to happen when you just say yes and set a date mm-hmm. and last question what has been your favorite film of this glorious 2020 <laughs> <sighs> oh, I'd have... not a lot to choose from but... <laughs> no, i loved palm springs I was just like, Palm Springs to me was such a surprise. So I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Another Groundhog's Day? Man, fantastic. From beginning to end, I was just, I was like so surprised at how good that movie was. Wasn't was he so fun. like charming and likable I, in that movie? It was shocking. You know, I didn't know he could do that. I'm not a fan of his. Yeah. I, like Same. he's kind of uh, you know i hate to say this but he's like kind of like nails on a chalkboard to me for some reason his sense of humor just just i don't get it but <laughs> he was inc- he he was incredible in palm springs he was great and the girl i forget the girl's name but she was amazing too christine lot not melody melody yeah yeah, yeah she's were, great they i great. love their her chemistry yeah. was great their love mm-hmm. story everything about it, it was like so mm-hmm. it was so good all right so tell us where we can watch and tell us how we can connect with you 
Uh, yeah, Faith Base is available anywhere you can rent or buy a movie online. So, you know, it's all the typical platforms, iTunes, uh, Amazon, Vudu, DirecTV, Spectrum, Roku, I don't know, Fandango, wherever you can rent a movie. <laughs> uh, there's so many names that came up that I'm like, I didn't know they did a thing. Fandango has an on-demand service. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that <laughs> um, either. Yeah. So it's on all those. Uh, and yeah, I'm on more on Instagram, I think, than anywhere else. But we also have, and it's just my name, Vincent Michelli, uh, which you can look in the uh, show description because I'm not going to spell it because it's obnoxiously long. Um, and yeah, and then we have some updates and stuff that we keep up on our website for the movie, faithbasedmovie.com. So uh, check us out. We'd love you to watch it. It's a fun movie. Cool. Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. Um, so this is going to stay with us for the rest of the episode. And before we dive in, I just want to say that Natalie has been torturing us for weeks, forcing <laughs> us to watch films in the genre that we're going to talk about today. Torturing us or well, torturing you? Listen. Okay, so for Horror October, I really just wanted to have like some decent scares, maybe revisit some classics like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. Instead, I've sat through almost eight hours of films about demonic possession. And <laughs> I, probably, I have not been sleeping and I probably need to sage my apartment. So <laughs> sage it. I'm just saying. Um, on that note, first up is The Exorcist. All right. <laughs> the Exorcist is a 1973 supernatural horror film directed by William Friedkin and produced and written for the screen by William Peter Blatty. Blatty? Blady? Based on the 1971 novel of the same name. It stars Ellen Bernstein, Max von Sydow, Lee J. Cobb, <laughs> Kitty Wynn, Jack McGorwin, I don't know how to say that, Jason Miller, and Linda Blair. Um, in its first installment, the Exorcist film series and follows the dynamic possession of a 12-year-old girl and her mother's attempt to rescue her through an exorcism conducted by two priests. I just want to say that this is amazing because I usually read the film intros and watching you, it's, we're always reading it like Donald Trump, Trump is seeing something on the teleprompter for the very first time. And so we're struggling <laughs> through it. It's glorious. And that was brilliant, Lena. Oh, thanks. This is brilliant. Good job. I did not practice. Uh, and The Cleansing Hour, which is a 2019 horror film directed by Damien Levesque based on a script written by Levesque and Al... Oh, God. Aaron Horowitz. I just got too confident. Too confident. You're so good. Uh, it's so good, too. The movie is a feature-length adaptation of a short film by the name, uh, same name uh, that Lebeck released in 2016 and stars Ryan Guzman, Ryan, uh, Kyle Gallner, and Alex Angelis. And Vince, in case you weren't clear, we're, we're professionals here on the Martini scale. So yeah. we, oh, right. yeah. So yeah. am I. Yeah. Totally. Total awesome. professional. I just want to, we get some sort of break because we have been drinking all day long. So Fair. this is, this martini is not the first one of the day. So reading is a very difficult thing at this moment. It's a luxury. <laughs> yeah. Fair. All right. Let's start with the exorcist. Lena, I understand you have some trivia for us. Wow. Oh my God. There was so much trivia on this. Like I have to cut this down. So I'm just going to do a couple of what I thought were kind of fun. Um, so in the scene where Reagan like projectile vomits at Father Karras, it only required one take. The vomit was intended to hit Jason Miller in the chest, but the plastic misfired, hitting him in the face. His reaction of shock and disgust while wiping away the vomit, which was actually Anderson's pea soup specifically. Um, it, his reaction is genuine. And he admitted in an interview that it angered him by this mistake. <laughs> he seemed like he was pretty angry. A couple Naturally. of the trivia things he was getting into fights with the director, but the director seems pretty wild. So um, the lady that did the voice for the demon, she insisted on swallowing raw eggs and oh. chain smoking to alter her vocalizations. Um, she's what? had problems with alcohol. dedication. Seriously. What? I said that's dedication. I know. Well, so she's, she was uh, like an alcoholic. Oh. So in the past, so she had to have someone like with her so that she could drink whiskey um, because it also like, you know, changed her voice and got her into character. And then the director like actually bound her to a chair with pieces of like torn sheet, 
like on her neck and her arms and wrists so that she could like get more realistic with her sound when she was like doing it like oh my creepy. god i know wow. he seems kind of weird this guy yeah. there's a couple other like trivias about him like being crazy um and uh oh they had to refrigerate the, the room to get that icy like so i forget they had like a bunch of coolers and stuff in there um and then the uh linda blair says that she's just cold forever now like every time she's like just freezing all the time um and then the last one which i thought was pretty interesting the arthur um william peter blatty he won a ten thousand dollars on the groucho mark show bet your life do you guys know this Mm -mm. and so they asked him what he was planning to do with the money after he won he said i'm going to take some time off to work on a novel and this wow isn't that crazy really that's pretty cool awesome yeah that is cool so before we get started, I have a question for you guys. So this movie has been billed as one of as as the scariest movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Do we agree with this statement? I think for people who saw it in the past, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it stands up to being what people today consider scary. Well, also one of the other trivias that I left out because there was so many is they actually had to have paramedics stand by because so many people were passing out from um, that surgery they think did for, with her neck. Oh God, so that was so realistic. disgusting. So realistic. So many people passed out that they had to have like paramedics ready. Mm. Gross. It's still pretty. It's a frightening movie, but it's not. It's not not like jump scares yeah. and. It doesn't, yeah, it's like, and it's kind of a little bit slow compared to mm-hmm. the pacing of what we see today, but I think it still is like, it's still the best exorcism movie, I think. It like set the bar, and I don't think anyone's ever really hit that, because it's just, I don't know, once you do it first, and it's that's pretty creepy to pull off something like that that's kind of based off of a true story. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah, and I think like, like religious stuff like that like scares like people like yeah you know like that's either <laughs> beliefs terrifying. and stuff not like in like <laughs> religion <laughs> scary <laughs> yes it can be but like i think in the way where like they were like oh my god like they don't see stuff like that you know well because i think it's in in the sense where it's it can happen to anybody like mm-hmm. there's nothing specific that maybe right. other than kind of opening a portal maybe or playing with opening Ouija yourself boards. up of like playing with the Ouija board or whatever you're allowing this in maybe but that really could happen to anybody and I think the exorcism scene even today is still so like perfectly executed all the practical effects the makeup how tense the scene is. it's like very 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 well done so it's like it's a very slow burn before things really kind of start going and it's a little confusing even the start of like wait what movie am i watching am i watching indiana jones or exorcist like it was like i forgot the beginning part you know following the actual exorcist and wherever he was at jerusalem or wherever on a dig finding some stuff i was like what the hell is happening I know, here I was like, what is this i was like this yeah. is the first time i'm watching this movie it feels like yeah um but then once it starts getting into stuff it like gets serious but this is the first time you've seen it sean right no i saw it um. It was like re-released in theaters. I want to say like ten years ago, fifteen years ago, or something. And I saw it then. I have oh. not- saw it in theaters. Oh it was, man! It was like a re-release of it though for some anniversary. Oh, wow. I can't remember what it was. Um, That's cool. But yeah, I've never I did. seen it in theaters. That'd be a fun experience. Did yeah, you like I would it? Love to see it in theaters. I I feel. I guess we'll get to more of this in a moment, but I feel oh, kind of like no. great. I um I think I probably enjoyed it more than. It just, to me, this movie just feels so dated that I can't, it's really hard for me to like be present in the moment with it because it's, I don't know. It doesn't, it does not feel modern by any means. And I just, it's, no, it, it was tough Mm-mm. to get through. Very it tough. doesn't. Yeah. I definitely don't. I'm, when I say that, like the exorcism scene to me, I feel like lives up. I think the, yeah, it doesn't feel modern, but it still feels very intense and I feel when I'm watching it I was surprised watching it this time again how much I was into that moment you know it 
felt like I had excuses for how I felt about the beginning of the movie. But once that scene kind of got started, I was like, this is why this movie is great. Like it was a reminder of why they kind of live at the level that they've been at this whole time. Yeah. Not get that. Were you not in it at that point or were you kind of already checked out? I, so here's, here's, here was my experience watching it again for, for the first time, if you will. Um, I definitely found myself conscious of the fact that like I had to put my phone down if I was going to engage in this at all. Like I usually have my phone mm-hmm. sitting next to me when I'm watching a movie on the couch, whatever. And I'll glance at it once in a while. And I found myself kind of glancing more often while watching this because I was not engaged with what was going on. Um, and so I made a conscious decision to like put my phone on the other side of the room. And as the pacing seemed to get a little faster, and once we got to that scene, I definitely felt more immersed in it. And I felt like, okay, this is really intense. I'm in the moment. It's, it's scary. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wanted to be more scared than I was. And maybe it's because in my mind, the bar was set so high from having seen it before and knowing that it's like the scariest movie ever. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it felt kind of even cheesy to me at points. Hmm. I wonder if it feels cheesy because it's been made fun of and copied so many times. Like the vomit scene, you can't do now. Because that yeah. green pea soup has been referenced and made fun of. It's like, it, it feels like a joke because of how many people have joked about that, you know? Like, I wonder well, if that's why. Yeah, and like the movie we're going to discuss next, I think I had watched that first. And maybe that oh. was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that because Interesting. It, it was so modern and it actually used like current tropes that, you know what I mean? That I was like going backward into this one was just like a it was almost like it was mocking that one or something i don't know it was just really strange they're definitely interesting movies to compare and contrast so good job natalie for picking these together because you're welcome i have a lot of thoughts about both of them i will say there was one thing that i i didn't remember when i rewatched it was that you know the mother hears noises upstairs in the attic and then pulls down the attic and it's nighttime shit has already gone down with her daughter and you know things are creepy and she wants to investigate what's upstairs in the attic by herself and she pulls down the ladder and it the light doesn't work so she goes to get a candle and i'm like there is absolutely no reason why you need to go up there like (laughs) i just don't get it like deal with this tomorrow when it's daytime like i just you're asking for some shit to go down i don't get it so that was something that really bothered me because I was like, bitch, you don't need to go up there right now. There's no reason. <laughs> never go no in an attic by yourself at night when you know that you're already scared. Like, it's just never going to yeah. end well. It reminded me of the scene in my favorite movie of 2020, The Invisible Man. Yeah. When she goes up there and I'm just like, what? No, don't do that. Nobody else is home. Yeah, exactly. No reason to go up there. And she didn't even have a flashlight. I don't know if flashlights didn't exist back then. She had a candle. So really unstable device. This is made in the 70s now. I was going to say, I think we had <laughs> When does the story, does it take place in the 70s? I think so. Yeah, yeah. they had flashlights. They're on the film they set and stuff like that. I'm sure they did. Yeah, right. But yeah. why she chose a candle to go up there, it's just like, again, there's... It was just easy access right there. Oh. Just a candle right on the little... Save couch. this chore for another day. Oh <laughs> Save this chore. But how are you going to sleep? You need to just go and check. So just like, you know, you check under the bed for monsters. You check the attic for monsters. Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> nope. Nope. If nope. you heard a creepy noise in the middle of the night, you wouldn't get up to check it, Natalie. She'd grab apartment. her bat or a knife I'd and she'd grab my bat and be like, Lena, wake up. You're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, do you have a bat under your bed? It's and next to my door. That's my weapon of That's choice. That's smart. I knew it. I, I have a mag light next to my bed. So Ooh, it's a light and a weapon. Oh, wow, look at you. Very smart. Lena, did you have any other thoughts about this movie? Um, not really. The only thing is, since we've been watching these um, possession movies, I noticed Eight that hours. the moms like to put their bathrobes on before they go do anything around their children. Is it because they don't want them to see them in the nightgown? What is this about? I just have many, many questions about this. I mean, I think people just used to be really classy back then. I don't know. Like this has happened in every movie we've every, watched. The last three <laughs> movies we watched, they put on a damn bathroom. I'm like, why? Every You're t- going like right they, outside your door. The, the kid is screaming or they hear a sound that they need to go investigate. I got to stop and put my bathrobe on. They stop and they put the bathrobe on. What are you doing? 
It's very, so it's very interesting. Don't know. Anyway, they don't, they don't want something to slip out when they are saving oh. their kid. You know, <laughs> why is that so wrong? <laughs> they don't want to change the rating from R to NC seventeen or whatever. Oh, the true. Level is. I bet, I bet no, that put them in a nightgown. Right put them in pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay. what about you, Vince? Any other thoughts on this one? Uh, no. I feel I. You know, I I do agree with you. It does feel uh, a little dated, just because it is like it's a movie made for fifty years ago now, right? Am I doing the math right? That's crazy. I think that's right. Um, So that's hard. It's really hard to have anything made that long ago still hold up in terms of like making sure it feels modern. But in terms of like that last act of the movie, I think, you know, when you're, when you're talking about exorcism movies in terms of the effectiveness of that, I think that like, I've never seen that topped. Um, Like I've never been more, captivated by an exorcism scene more than the exorcist like it just hasn't happened i've seen a bunch of them and it just you know it's like they set and i don't know i don't really know was that the first exorcism movie so it's like the first one out of the gate that does it is that that's it you know because once you see it it's like jurassic park you know anytime i see dinosaurs in a movie i'm like it's never going to be as good as the original (laughs) jurassic park yeah so i don't know if it's like that um but it's still, it's still like an incredible this was movie. So extreme and what they showed and how violent and crazy that she got that it's like and even vulgar. if there was yeah, yeah. vulgar that's so, the right so word. I yeah, it's like not remember wild. how disgusting oh, yeah. that was. God. So I feel like that, like the shock of seeing that, I think is probably if there was anything before this had to have been the first time that something like that had been done and then i think for the fact that yes this was made 50 years ago will and this is not to say we'll get into this but this is not to say anything about the cleansing hour but it's like are people going to be watching the cleansing hour 50 years from now are people going to be watching the conjuring 50 years from now are people going to be watching any of these other movies 50 years from now like that does say something that yeah. this is kind of holds this very, you know, standard of what we kind of hold the bar to for everything else, you know, and I think that's kind of interesting. And wasn't it nominated for a bunch of Oscars and yeah, stuff too, like for a horror, horror film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's crazy. That still oh, yeah. really hasn't happened. Like, I actually, I actually also read that. Um, and to answer your question, Ellie, no, people will not be talking about the cleansing hour 50 years from now, but I digress. <laughs> um, I think that there was some weird thing. I think it was France where the movie was banned when it first came out. And so people like, and then it came out on home video and people, it was still banned. And then they did, they, people in that country, I believe it's France, um, were, they were never able to, able to see the movie until it was like re-released years later for some anniversary. So well, that's even how in vulgar England, and intense it was. In England, it was banned in some places there, and people would get on buses to go to the next town to watch it. That's crazy. Wild. Crazy. Oh, wow. My mom was just telling us a story today about her and her brother, like, waiting in line two hours to see this movie in theaters when it came out. Really? Like, yeah, she read the book um, in high school and was just, like, so obsessed with it and was, like, so excited when it came out. Well, you remember, Mom, like, we watched it when we were – kind of probably young. way too young probably yeah. way too young because i remember mom being obsessed with the exorcist yeah, she loved when it. we were young yeah really that's hilarious oh yeah so like i remember she talked about it all the time yeah i feel like partially why we like halloween so much and horror movies so much is probably from that a little bit yeah like i remember her specifically talking about the split pea soup like oh yeah all the time yeah. i don't know why that was just like split pea soup <laughs> <laughs> that's how they did it that's how they did it in the like exercise <laughs> that's hilarious all right should we score this one guys yeah natalie why don't you remind those listening for the first time what the martini scale is uh well it's a reverse star system so uh we like to drink here at the martini scale and so we always got to start with one martini so the best movies in the world start with one martini um and then the worst movies in the world you're gonna need five and you're gonna need to be blackout drunk so that's how we do it 
I love when Natalie gets her official radio broadcaster voice on. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) These are, this is the rules for our podcast. (laughs) So Natalie, on that, on that note, Natalie, why don't you tell us what you scored the exorcist? Sorry, mad respect. It still gets a one. Oh shit. I don't care if you think it's not modern. I still give it a one. I was, again, had it been the first 45 minutes of this movie, I probably would have knocked it down a bit but then as soon as it kind of got into that exorcism i was like yep this is exactly why this gets the score okay vince one agree Ooh. yeah it's still it's still amazing still a great wow. movie lena yep it's one it's a classic can't go wrong with this one Okay, you guys aren't going to like my score. I, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to be honest. I, I, I respect- Do you, boo? Do you? I respect <laughs> the classics, but I got to say this movie is a three for me. I apologize. Ooh, I, need, I, need, I need some cocktails to get through this one. Wow. Is this right. just what every episode is? Is Natalie and Lena like one movie and try to convince Sean that kind he's- of not cool because no. he doesn't like the movie or vice versa <laughs> or i'm loving the movie and they yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> but i don't like lena and i don't align all the time Mm-mm. i think it was That's just good. especially with the uh the conjuring last week we really gave it to sean on that one so yeah you did yeah and sean i have to agree i think the conjuring's amazing it's a great movie yeah you still don't watch number two. <laughs> you need to watch number two, Vince. I know. I haven't seen the second one. And it's really good. Vinny, and you agree with me. You need to watch horror movies at night in the dark. Like, oh, yeah. What are, you, what are you doing during the What's daytime? What's the point? What's, What's exactly? the point? Listen. Exactly. I Although to- I did watch the cleansing hour during the day. Oh. But. <laughs> oh, here we go. Just wait for it. Natalie's going to throw a fit. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I don't have too much trivia on this, but we did listen to a podcast that Damien and his wife, Natalie, who produced the movie, good name, good job title, um, <laughs> so that they were on and talking about the movie and just a few similarities that I think were really fun is you mentioned that it came from a short film, which I do want to watch. We almost watched it right before we recorded. It's an 18 minute short film on YouTube that I want to take a look at, um, that it was a proof of concept. And so they in, intended for it to be turned into a feature. They, so they kind of used that as the launching pad to get financing and then develop the feature script and all of that, which is really exciting. And then um, Damien used to be an editor and worked in a lot of uh, reality television, which is the same arena that Vinny worked in. And so I kind of think that it was really interesting that they had the same paths. But he specifically does want to do, he's got like three horror films that he was talking about that he's working on next. So it's, it's definitely an arena he wants to live in a little bit more. Um, but you guys have a shared credit of editors at TMZ. Did your time overlap at all or? I don't think I ever interacted with Damien. Although, we did you know how many uh, episodes he did? Because that would tell, did he do more than one? I think he did like four that's what okay. was on there. So I don't know how many. When I was there, we had this running joke that um, it was such a, a grueling schedule. You'd have to edit the entire show by 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had like three hours to edit the show. We'd have whenever an editor would be sick or would take vacation days, we'd have these substitute editors and they never. We had just like this running list of people that would come in. <laughs> these great editors that had these like incredible resumes would come into TMZ at 6 37 in the morning and by 12 o'clock they were like what the hell just happened <laughs> we're like see you later next <laughs> so uh so i never really worked with any other extra editors that worked for more than one episode so i don't think we crossed paths but that is interesting that he worked at, at tmz i totally were, forgot that you did that were you were you ever one of the people that stood up and like gave the oh like, yeah the, some, you were i was on the show yep okay. It was crazy. I got recognized at places. Did you I really? Got let, I got let into bars and clubs and free drinks because people, re- it was so, I walked wow. out of a grocery store. I walked out of a Gelson's once and this dude in a truck like slammed on his brakes and he's like, hey, DMZ, yeah, man. And he like drove <laughs> up. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I was oh at a God. bar once on a bar crawl with a big group of people. 
and we're sitting like in this big group underneath this television and TMZ comes on and then there's Vinny and everybody's like, oh my God, you're brother. I'm like, I can't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Always Natalie, annoying you. Natalie, didn't we also know somebody else that was on that show? Hmm. I don't think so. I feel like we did, or I did. It was, they were, I don't know. Maybe you did. Digressing too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll figure that out later. All right. Cleansing hour. Any more trivia? No, that was it. Okay. Just a little bit. All right. And then we'll get, we're going to dive into this one. We are going to dive into it. I'm excited to talk about this one. Who do you want to start, Sean? Wait. You know, I was going to start, but I think we should let Vince start. Oh. Oh. Yes, gets the start. He seems really excited about this one. Okay, so I could say how I feel. I just can't give my martini scale rating yet. Yeah, right? that yet. will be at the end. Yeah. Okay. So as I said before, I'm not a huge horror fan. Uh, I do like the exorcism genre of horror film. Horror films. I've seen a bunch of them. Um, I so you guys sent me this movie or the link to this movie. I knew nothing. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't. I didn't read the log line. I literally was like. This must be a low budget exorcism movie. My expectations are very low. Uh, and so I w- started watching. I'm like, okay, production value is pretty decent. And the opening scene completely caught me off guard. And I thought like, okay, this is, this is a reality show version of people that do exorcisms. And being somebody who's worked in reality TV for a long time, I was immediately in. I was like, the opening was done well enough. Like I was into it. And then the fact that it flipped to like, oh, this is a behind the scenes of a fake reality show. I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. I liked and I, So I was in from the beginning. Um, and I was really surprised. I actually really, I thought the movie was good. I like, I, you know, I've never heard of this. Nobody famous is in the movie. I, you know, it's crazy. It's rare for me to find an independent film that like I've never heard of in general, uh, especially a horror film that I like actually enjoy. But I thought like, you know, I had some stuff I didn't like and the ending I thought was like, okay, whatever. Um, but like in general, I was very, I thought production value was great. I liked the concept. I like how it was executed. Uh, performances I thought were, were pretty good. Um, so I was like, I was impressed. I'm like, and I like dug into a bunch of research after as much as I could find. Cause I was like, how did they make this movie? This is crazy. So yeah, I was kind of, I was into it. Cool. Well, they shot in <laughs> cool. Bulgaria or <laughs> Romania or something like that. Oh really? Oh, they yeah. did? Yeah. So I think that that's probably the bulk of like the studio shooting. Everything that was on that set was in Bulgaria or Romania or wherever they ended up shooting. Oh, so interesting. that's, I would imagine this was probably a longer shoot because there was so much practical effects that needed to be done that like, I would imagine that would take a really long time and then pay for crew at these other, you know, in these other countries mm. are going to be so much lower, you know, putting people up, you know, cost of living all of that is much much cheaper to shoot somewhere else i mean it was a very smart way to do a movie like that where you've got a couple locations at the beginning and then you're in one location for the rest of the movie it's like and it didn't feel like it needed to be anywhere else because that was the concept like it worked i thought for that and i also one more thing i also loved the technological tie-in to the movie like i loved the what do they call it? The devil's database where they had all the mm-hmm. demons in there. I've never seen that before in an exorcism movie. Like I know that, that you know, calling the demon out by a na- by their name is, is been, a, is obviously a thing, but to have a database where they have it for the show. And then when she really gets uh, possessed, they've got to like guess they have to figure out with all these clues. And I thought they were going to abandon the concept because it all of a sudden went away for a little bit. And then when mm-hmm. they brought it back, like, nope, they stuck with it. It was good. I thought it was really, really well done. And mm-hmm. there was, there were really any parts in it that I was like, I poked specific logical holes. I feel like they answered a lot of my questions that I had while watching it, you know, which is rare for a low budget horror film. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of things were really thought out. Yeah. Lena, I'm going <laughs> to. 
this movie is awesome. <laughs> like, I think I screamed in joy, like, so many times because I was like, finally! Like, a good, like, low-budget horror film, like, the, you know, I don't know. It was just, the concept of it is new and different. I wasn't expecting a lot of that stuff either. The practical um, elements of it, I thought the actors were good. Um, I, I know Ryan Guzman from like Step Up and like Boy Next Door and I think he's super cute. Um, but I like, I don't know the girl that played the possessed girl. Like I thought she, she was, was really, phenomenal. She was really so good. good. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I just really liked all like all the things like i love that devil's database thing i love like the chat feed that's going on and he's just like quickly working back it's just like just because all these things are such a sham like instagram and all this is like so many things are such a sham and it's like the just merch. playing into that yeah the merch i was like i would buy some of that merch i love that show so <laughs> much i <I'm> like <laughs> i was like i would have got sucked into that but like then there are people are at the bar they're watching this whole thing go down like all of that is just so fresh and like I just it really made me excited because like I haven't seen something like that that really like made me like excited to watch what I'm watching like and not knowing what was going on it was great I, I really really enjoyed it and yeah. for a horror film to have cringeworthy moments yeah. where I literally yeah. could not watch like the fingers oh. in the mouth part oh, I was yeah. like cut just like they did a the, the, breaking of them her fingernails on the chair i literally did not watch it i blocked my face i knew it was coming and i was because it was in the trailer and i was like nope i don't (laughs) like i have learned that i don't like things being done to people's fingers and we gotta figure out what this phobia is she really doesn't like the fingers yeah it's super weird and there's multiple of them in this movie (laughs) i know i know i had a big problem i was like well i'm not watching these parts um (laughs) i do feel like this totally was a breath of fresh air like for this genre and subgenre of exorcism films it didn't take itself too seriously it had a lot of fun um i feel like i watch a lot of b-level horror i watch a lot of big budget studio horror and this was probably one of the most enjoyable horror films i've seen in a while like i truly had such a great experience and i don't know if it's because going into it i had such low expectations because i hadn't heard of it i don't know what it was like i just the concept alone when i saw the trailer and decided that we should do it for this episode i was like wow this looks really really interesting and i was really excited about it i know Um, when you were looking for it and you came across i was like what the hell is this where did you find it how did you get here and yes we're doing that movie yeah (laughs) and it's like as you watch it you kind you know okay these people have a low budget like it's tight you could tell they're not going to a ton of locations but i feel like and i think Benny, you and I knowing this, where it's like what they were able to execute, they did it so well. So it's like they mm-hmm. were super conscious about what they were able to actually produce and they did it the best way they could possibly do it. So it's like they didn't overreach in that Mm-mm. sense. Um, I loved like the two police officers watching in South Korea, like the comedy bits, like those, that great was so sense of humor. fun. Yeah. Great yes. sense of humor. Yeah. And even the, when the, when she first comes alive and he puts the Bible in front of her and, and he's there like, that's not going to work. It's just like, they're <laughs> clearly referencing the exorcist and oh, all yeah. these other movies. It's amazing. It was such yeah. like very, uh, very much a love for the, for the genre and like not taking itself too seriously which obviously a comedy guy like me that's like i love it oh yeah and i think like the makeup the practical effects all of that was really well done like the range that kind of like took alex through with her makeup and stuff i think was really great um kyle gallner is an actor that like I feel like I've known about and watched for a really long time. He played Drew, the friend, and his, like, the fiancé of the Alex, uh, the girl that was possessed. And I feel like he's such a good actor, and I'm, like, surprised he hasn't ever broken out in a really big way. And I think there's that very humble, charming sense about him that's just kind of very natural. Um, I really, I still am, like, my fingers are crossed that, like, something will happen for him in a bigger way. Um and then I felt like, Vinny, you kind of touched on 
Alex and like her acting. Like I kind of, there was times where I'm like, oh, I want to like bring her down a couple of notches because it felt too big. But then when she was switching into like not being possessed, I was like, oh my God, like you get a pass for everything. Cause that was just like very impressive to kind of like toggle back and forth between those two kind of so frequently. So a little trivia, Kyle, uh, Galner is shooting screen five right now. Uh, yeah, I know that. Oh, so, that's cool. I'm yeah. really excited that's, for that. Yeah. That's I mean, he's cool. in Jennifer's body. He's been in some big stuff, but hasn't like, he, nobody's really reacted to him in a bigger way that like they really know who he is. I, he I love him. Yeah, he he's good. great. Mm-hmm. Wow, Lena, that means two of your crushes are going to be in screen five. Are you excited now? Uh, not Kyle. <laughs> oh, I thought you said that's who you liked. Ryan Guzman. Oh, my Who's bad. Okay. Ryan. He played Father Ryan. Max. Sorry. Okay, my bad. Now, he, took his, and, he took his shirt off a lot. Yeah. I was like, as soon as they were like, yeah. strip, okay, you're going to have to strip. I was like, there we go. I was like, these are people like, that like, know these... how to make a movie. I was like, they know what's up. <laughs> the second I saw that scene, I was like, you know what? Nothing else is going to sh- shine Natalie away from loving this movie. Like, <laughs> exactly. This alone is enough for Natalie to give it a one. So, and you were right. And yeah. you were right. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to hear what you think, Sean. Okay. I know. So, Here we go. So like Vince, I had not seen anything about that. I had never heard of this film. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't investigate. I just let myself go along for the ride. Um, and I'm with you guys. I was actually pleasantly surprised by it. I think that the beginning, I almost like, I had moments where I felt like they were like giving a nod to the genre, like a nod and a wink to the genre in a way that like Fear Inc. was almost doing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was kind of like a cool comparison in that sense. Oh Um, my God, thank you, Sean. (laughs) I I liked, I wasn't sure if it was ever going to pivot to like an actual horror film. And so that had me, I think, kind of nervous in the beginning because I didn't want to just watch this like mockumentary uh, of this, you know, this genre or whatever. Um, but definitely like the twist had me, I think I'm with you guys, like the actress, her transformation. I literally had to look up whether or not that was played by like two different people because I just couldn't oh. believe that it was like the same actress doing both of those roles. Cause Natalie, to your point, like she was so over the top and so crazy. And I was like, is this the same person? Like it was crazy. Um, yeah. So I think overall, I, I have a note here that I'm giving it an A for originality and for the interesting twist, but I'm officially banning films about demonic possession on the podcast <laughs> for at least a year. <laughs> That's fair. That's very If that you had to watch eight hours. Fair. <laughs> that is very fair. Oh, gosh, I'm not even funny. mad at that, Sean. I'm not mad at that at all. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed this. I was going to be really bummed if you didn't like it. I was just was I so did. excited when it was like, oh my God, we're going to like this movie. Like I just, it was such a surprise. I think the one note I had in terms of critique, and I'm curious to like get your guys' perspective on this, but I felt like the flashbacks to his miserable childhood, um, it just felt like it made the torment that he was receiving from like the entity almost like less justified. Cause I was like, God, this guy's already been through so much shit. Like, was I disconnected mm-hmm. there or what was I missing? I think it that did. kind of soured his his look on maybe religion and his faith and uh, kind of gave him justification to act like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of gave think, a look into that. I yeah. think maybe if it, I agree a little bit that it felt a tiny bit confusing because it felt like I was watching something because the whole concept of the movie is he's supposed to atone for his past sins and you know, confess them on this, like in front of millions of people watching this thing happen. So it felt like we're supposed to be watching a big sin. And I guess it kind of ended up being that way, but it wasn't his fault. It was a full blown accident. And he was like, this lady was the the nun was crazy. Um, So yeah, it felt a little bit confusing of like, I'm supposed to, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to like be revealed into something this guy did that was crazy but i ended up just feeling more bad for him exactly i don't feel like those that that was the big sin he was supposed to reveal though it just felt like like that's what they were trying to do and then i was like oh this is not that i just feel like this guy's had such a shitty experience that led him here and now he's being punished for like what he chose to turn that into i don't know that that part for me was kind of hard to reconcile some of that well, here's one of Lena's little uh, 
uh, things. How do we feel about the ending and what he got yeah. out of it? That's oh wait, what he got? Like what did he get at like the at the end? He got something that he, well, he won. He won. Bang. I mean, he are won. you supposed to? <laughs> well, are you supposed to give away? Are we supposed to do spoiler alert? Spoiler alert. We can do spoiler well, I'm trying alert not to, here. but I'm just saying he got something that he wanted at the very beginning. Right. He was saying he wanted Fame. something. Well, no, he four wanted million the followers. Little, he wanted literally for the check mark. He wanted to be yeah. verified, so he got that at the end. So, do we think that he got that because he atoned for sins, or because he did something that he with the devil or whatever to get that? Like there was a deal that he got. Like, or do we think that he just got that because of all the? Yeah, crap he that did. He went it through? did. I wonder. It was the last shot of the movie, so it made me mm-hmm. feel like: Are they trying to say he, he made a deal with soul. the devil? Yeah, that's yeah. what that's I. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, my first note actually that I didn't mention is that I felt like this is all very meta in the sense that like where we are today and the things that people go through and the oh, things that sure, people yeah. do for oh, fame yeah. and that mm-hmm. blue check mark, oh, yeah. if you will. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was probably the moral of the story that you're supposed to take away. It's like. I don't know. Because he, he had like a little bit of like a grin, like he kind of was like, mm, "I did it." Yeah. You know, like I don't know. My I only, I, I like that part though. My only negative thing that I didn't love about this movie was, and spoiler alert, <laughs> it's when it all leads to which. Not that I dislike this idea in general, but the Baron Trump character going yeah. and killing his dad, the president. Oh, God. Yep. Which I that was full I, on Baron Trump reference. <laughs> which, yeah. Uh, so I've, and it's funny in my mind that that's where it went, but it's like, I actually liked when everybody was like possessed by the devil and then like attacking the people in the, in the kitchen and the police officers in the car and everybody that's the been watching the whole time. Cheesy. It felt that cheesy. felt cheesy. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, if that whole section had just been removed, I think I would have really like, it would have been like perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't love that. I was a little bit bummed by that. I thought it went when it, I, I could, I was, I thought the ending of the movie, was before that whole sequence like when mm-hmm. they first think they exercise the demon and then it becomes i love all the twists and i, yeah. I do not see most of them coming which was which was cool that's hard to do um and i was like when they exercise the demon at the end i'm like that was solid give that movie mm-hmm. an a and then it's like the guy the body gets whatever without giving it away it's like becomes another movie for the yeah. last like three minutes which i was like i didn't hate but it definitely was like you you had me here why did we go this direction yeah. that's what i felt yeah and you yeah. guys know me well enough to know that i'll take any moment i can to be political <laughs> and talk about politics and <laughs> in this moment i was just like turned off i didn't enjoy that oh you didn't, you didn't like it no i didn't feel like it was necessary yeah i yeah. mean as much as i would love to see something like that happen i'm just not (laughs) you know that's what that's the part that i'm struggling with is like i get i get where the feelings are coming from and it's funny on the podcast we were listening to um they were talking about how the ending is the same in the short which i feel like is that presidential scene so i wonder if that's what he meant because i listened to that podcast too or if it was the twist is that the the demon is the devil like, is that what the end of the short was? I thought he had said How would you pull that off? I was surprised they pulled it off in this, in the feature. I don't know how they would, because that's the, that's the thing when you cut to all these different locations mm-hmm. and do all that stuff that they're doing, that's big budget movies can only really do that. They actually pulled, even though I didn't love that direction for the end, they, yeah. I, they technically pulled it off. It like looked fine. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you do the Oval Office thing in a short with no money like how do yeah. you pull that off well know. i'm gonna watch it for yeah, sure and see it. yeah that's true yeah. let us know to be continued i will <laughs> let you guys know <laughs> all right any final thoughts on this one before we score it no i loved it and it's really gonna open me up to watching more horror movies yeah. on shutter yeah for halloween like i'm yep. just I'm, really excited. do you guys have any guess of what they shot this movie for because that's like puzzling me as a filmmaker i'm like it was distributed by shutter which isn't a massive distributor but a million million and a half maybe yeah i feel and i think your money goes a lot further where they shot it so when you see the bulgaria thing i think that makes a difference yeah 
I didn't Especially, know that. They did shoot other parts in Los Angeles and a couple other things, but I think like that's where they spent the bulk of their time and yeah. Damn it. Wikipedia usually has the um Yeah, yeah I could I couldn't find info. it. It's not yeah. very it curious. Yeah. Bummer. It had to have been over. I'm just going to email them, okay guys, because like we really like this movie and we should really be in contact with them. <laughs> You should email them and say them your your movie's featured on the podcast and everyone loved it. There you yeah. go. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you liked him more than effects, The Exorcist. They had, <laughs> they had, I mean, some impressive, ambitious special effects and visual effects, and they pulled them all off. And there totally. wasn't once where I was like, eh, that doesn't look good. Like, they yeah. pulled them all off, which is impressive. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was so well done. Yeah. All right, let's score this. Vince, you're up first. Um... I'd have to say two martinis for this one. I was going to say one, but the ending did throw me off enough to be like, okay, this should be a two. Plus I enjoyed it and it was fun that I wanted to watch it over two martinis. So it's two for me. I like that. Lena. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I I was teetering on like giving it a one because I really, really liked it. Even watching it, I was like, I want to watch it again, (laughs) like right now and watch it again. But I do think like, yeah, having two martinis and watching it because it's just so fun. Like I'm going to, I'm, it's a solid two for me. Hey, two is not a bad score. That is still a good movie. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good because I'm also at a two. Better than The Exorcist, huh? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the filmmakers is... are going to be thrilled. We can't so wait fun. to tell them that you got, you changed your mind on something. This director well, is going to cut out this part of the podcast and put it <laughs> on his website and everywhere. <laughs> better than I don't the know Exorcist. who Sean Feeney is, but he, he thinks it's better than The Exorcist. <laughs> Touche, touche. Natalie, uh, to your touche. I am also a two. Oh, look at that! Yeah, it's. I mean, across the board. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to give it a one. It's not a perfect movie, but it's so entertaining. It's so fun, and anybody that likes horror and this genre, I think, would really, really like this movie and be surprised. Like, I as soon as we finished, I texted the person I know that loves horror as much as I do and was like, you've got to check out this movie. And then she sent, she watched it, was blown away, and then was like, now I'm going to get into all these other Shutter movies. You should watch this one and this one. I was like, great. Like, so it was really fun. Well, I have recommended a few other movies on Shutter to you guys, um, and I strongly suggest we've got the next, like, year to watch movies on the service, so live it up um but yeah there's there's a couple really interesting movies on this i don't think that it's like a service to sleep on i think they're probably just getting started still but there's some good horror horror content on there yeah and they pre- i'm assuming they're probably doing the best that they've ever done right now um, oh yeah because that's yeah. like you know everyone's at home so now all of a sudden all these platforms have a new sort of heyday so that's good for them totally they got a yeah, good one totally totally all right. Well, Vince, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a good time. I had a blast. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yay. Thanks Drinking for and talking movies. I mean, we yeah. do this normally all anytime. So what gets better than this? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> the Absolutely. martini. The martini. Right. Isn't it a good one? It was delicious. Mine is yeah. empty. Yep. <laughs> Just a remind where can you check out Faith Based again? Uh, anywhere you can rent movies, iTunes, Amazon, go to faithbasedmovie.com. We have a link up there that just links to all the places you can rent it or buy it, faithbasedmovie.com uh, or just Google faithbase. You'll find it because it's uh, it's like top of Google right now, which is pretty cool. And an extra cool. plug, review it after you see it. Give it, Please. Give it, give it the five-star treatment. Independent movies like faithbased and the cleansing hour. Need I'm going to go a review, yeah. Really need some word of mouth love because we don't have the money to promote it. Um, so please tell other people if you like movies like that. As always, we want to thank you for listening. For more information, please be sure to visit themartiniscale.com where you can find links for all of our social channels in addition to show notes and more. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcast and rate and review us. It helps others discover the show. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers. Bye!